Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Half a Nice Day podcast with your host, Janine. And Joshua. And today is another special episode. I feel like all of our past episodes are all special. And all of our past episodes involve a guest as yeah, well. Yeah, so true. It's, it's really picking up traction, and I like it. Yes. So our guest for today, she is in the Philippines currently. She is half Palestinian and half Filipino. She is a host in the Philippines, and she is also Miss Earth Philippines Air 2018. Mm-hmm. And her name is Zahra Bianca Zaldua. Welcome to the show. Woo! Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So maybe just to give a background as to how we found Zahra. So one night, I just couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep because um, if some of you, well, I hope that most of you are aware of what's currently happening in in Palestine um, and Israel, the whole conflict, um, the current war that is happening. And it's been happening for years and years and years. And this is one of the worst years so far, um, and it, it. I really pray to God that it ends. But one night I couldn't sleep, and I, I was talking to Joshua. I messaged him, and I told him we need someone on the podcast to talk about and shed light um, about this situation because I, I know that a lot of people know about it currently because it's the hot topic. But we wanted someone to, to speak from their own experience because I mean Zahra is half Palestinian and. Who better to talk about mm-hmm. this than a half Palestinian, half Filipino? So again, thank you, thank you so much for being here. We're we're very blessed to have someone to shed light with this whole sad thing that is happening, and we really hope that it ends. But before we say that, at least there is a little glimpse of light that is happening. Um, just yesterday, Israel agreed to ceasefire after almost eleven nights of shooting. Bombs, grenades, sending in their military, killing innocent lives. And for now, they've ceased fire and I hope that it continues that way. So there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. Of course, at the end of the day, we want freedom for and for everyone to recognize that Palestine is a country. That's Mm -hmm. the end goal. But we're we're stepping towards the right direction. So again, a little bit of a happy news to the current sad happenings that is you know happening in in the world but again thank you Zahra for coming in so maybe tell tell our listeners about yourself where you were born in Jordan and let us know like how did your parents meet like how did it all start actually my parents love story is definitely one that you would see in the movies because it's it's a whirlwind of events my parents didn't come from rich families and they were both coming from big families of 10 brothers and sisters and they just had a lot of struggle in their lives my dad was an OFW where he met my mom in Kuwait but prior to that he was actually studying to be a priest he was in a seminary so he met my mom Uh, Because he had to leave to another country to support his family. And when he met my mom, he was actually my mom's boss. So a lot of people give me comments, especially those who are looking at stereotypes of what mixed mixed Filipinos are like, oh, maybe your mom's a maid and your dad's like this Arab dude. Or, you know, there are so many other stereotypes which can be right, but it's not necessary. You know, like there's no shame in it in the first place and it's not necessary. But in this case for my parents, my dad was the supervisor and my mom was working with him and my mom didn't like him at all, but my dad really liked my mom. Then 
he started doing the whole Filipino courtship, went to the house of my mom, and my mom's parents was like, who's this guy? But of course, as Arabs, they would welcome him in the house. Right. It took a year of him going to my mom's house, and she didn't even know. Like She was like, why are you going to my house? And she saw that he was persistent and generous, and he also converted to Islam. So it was a whole love story. And from there, they experienced two wars together, going through the highs of life, being super rich, to going to the lows of life, like losing everything, which is one of the reasons why we went to the Philippines. Mm -hmm. We moved in 2005. I spent 13 years in Jordan. I was born there. Uh, My brother was born in the States, but we grew up in Jordan. And we left because of the war that was happening in Iraq. Right. And in Jordan, we were being affected because of, you know, the economy was going down. I studied in an American school and my parents were feeling like, oh, we can't afford this anymore because of the economic hit. And being from an American school, we were also in uh, at a threat or at a risk because we also had threats for bombs and everything. And my dad was like, you know what, let's just go to the States. But <laughs> we didn't end up going to the States. We went to the Philippines right. for quote-unquote vacation. Mm-hmm. The next best option after U.S. is the Philippines. So. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Actually, we thought it was a stopover, but it ended up becoming... You the know, permanent. Like, the, the, final the, the end destination. <laughs> That's true. The final destination. Wow. So, so how was it like moving from Jordan to the Philippines was it like did you feel any type of culture shock like okay you came in from an Arab country and then Philippines how was that I I feel like the culture was more or less the same because a lot of people think that Filipinos and Arabs are so different but we actually have a lot of the same habits like leaving your um your shoes out of the door respect um giving also food to your guests all the time uh, loving to laugh loving music all of these things that were really part of our values are the same, you know? We're also close-knit families, both Arabs and Filipinos, but what really got me was just how society treated each other, like how people interact. I think that was the most difficult because interacting with Filipinos abroad is different than interacting with Filipinos in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. That is really true. And- it was much different for me, and I had my fair share of... Um, of interactions with Filipinos in Jordan because we were very close to the Filipino community there. Right. But it was still different. It was still different. Did you start so to- it was a little bit of a shock. Did you speak Tagalog when you were in Jordan? Very, very little Tagalog, like very basic Tagalog. But I did understand a little bit because I did watch TFC sometimes. <laughs> and you hear it from the other Filipino kids. So you kind of understand the language, but I didn't really speak it like a whole sentence. So when I moved here, I forced myself to really study Filipino. Mm. It's not that difficult, like com- comparing to Arabic. Arabic is, I would say, a difficult language to learn, especially when we change, you know, speaking to a woman and speaking to a man, the words change. But in Tagalog, if you just hear it within you know people speaking the language within the background you, you'll learn it easily i think it's a fairly easier language to learn compared to arabic yeah so like for just an example of myself like uh we did study arabic growing up in high school hmm. uh, i can't speak a word of arabic right now and in our household we speak only english we right. don't speak english but i picked up tagalog just from my mom talking to us from my mom yelling at us and my mom <laughs> 
like basically conversing with other people and yeah, watching what you say, TFC, GMA. Yeah. I think that's how we learn from TFC, GMA, all of these Filipino shows. Do you still speak Arabic? I do still speak Arabic and I agree with you. Arabic is very difficult because even if I grew up with Arab speakers, like my cousins and my uncles and, and aunts, they were all speaking to me in Arabic. They never spoke English. Um in school, it was still difficult. Like I would still get like a B rather than an A. Right. And switching to Filipino was much easier, but it was also because I was in a school that spoke mostly Filipino. Unlike in Jordan, I studied in an American school, so everybody spoke English. So I feel, I feel like that had a huge impact also. Um, and I learned just listening to Filipino music and watching Filipino. I forced myself literally to immerse in Filipino pop culture Right. So that I can understand how to communicate. And I feel like Filipino is easier because you can mix it and call it Taglish. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if you put mag and tayo and then any English word in between, that's that's basically Tagalog. Like any Filipino would understand. Mag-eat tayo, mag-walk tayo, mag-watch tayo, mag-wash tayo. Like all of these things is still going to be considered as Filipino, you know? Yeah, yeah. That is so true because that's how he he pretends well he says that he's fluent in filipino or tagalog but when you speak to him that's how he speaks like mug watch tie a movie i'm like okay that's tagalog okay no i can, I can <laughs> speak to i can speak tagalog but like as i've always told everyone it comes out in emergency situations like today i was in hospital and <laughs> the nurse was talking to me in tagalog and i'm like i can't act like i'm like an indian or a foreigner or something so i have yeah. to converse back to her in tagalog otherwise because my nationality is uh, Filipino, and if she speaks to me in Tagalog, and if I don't reply in Filipino, she'll think, oh, this guy must be like a fraud. He must be committing insurance fraud because he looks like this and he doesn't. But I saw her face when, when she saw you. Like she said, um, like Kuya Josh or something like that. Yeah. She, she spoke in Tagalog, but she, she wasn't looking at you. And then when she, when she moved her head and she's like, you're Joshua? You don't look Filipino you're to me. You're Indian, dude. <laughs> But it's 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 really nice to know that you know you forced yourself to yeah. to learn Filipino and to adapt because now that you're in the Philippines, although everyone in the Philippines speaks English, um, it's yeah. still nice to know that you're giving importance to your culture. And I'm sure I'm sure your dad really really loves how you're showing homage or respect to to his culture. I think the most important thing for me wasn't really like respecting culture because anybody can respect the culture whether or not you spoke the language because there are a lot of halfies like us who still can't grasp Filipino, you know, like and it's not their fault. Sometimes it some people have a more difficult time learning language. Um for me it was more about just connecting. So it was more difficult for me to connect to other people when they didn't understand the context of what I was saying. Right. So my jokes weren't landing and it was important for me that people knew that I was funny and they didn't think that I was funny. So I was like how am I going to say this as Filipino, you know? So I think connection in terms of language has a has a huge impact. So that was really my main goal to really get friends and connect and make people understand me because I felt like an outsider even if I were in the Philippines and I think happies feel that like no matter if you're half Arab if you're in your Arab country you still feel like an other and if you're in a Filipino country you still feel like an other like you're not really there which is a good thing and a bad thing but either way it's the best of both worlds. That is so true. We we touched upon that particular subject in one of our podcasts about, you know, being half and half and in a different country because 
when we're in the Philippines or here or for me, Lebanon or for him, if you go to India, like where is home? Because whenever you're in, in one particular country, you miss the other countries that you consider home as well. And we feel like we're also a foreigner in our own country. Like when I'm in the Philippines, I look different. When you're in the Philippines, you look different. So when you introduce yourself or when you start speaking in Filipino, they're like, oh, you're one of us. Like just because yeah. you're able to speak the language, which is how I understood what you what you mentioned as well. No, but it, it, is, it is very true. Like when I was in Philippines, when I go to Philippines or when I'm in India, I always feel like a stranger because I was born and raised. Janine and I were both raised in the UAE. So like I'm more attuned to like a Philippine and Indian culture, but from a from a Middle Eastern side, and yeah, when I'm in Philippines and they, but uh, they always be like when I when they always try to talk to me, I'm like, I I fly back in Tagalog and they're like, I Filipino kapala, <laughs> I'm like yeah, and then uh, then they can't like like overcharge me for something because I spend a lot of time in Green Hills when I'm there, so I'm like I want a bargain. <laughs> it's like you can, you can give me the normal price. You I know? need my proper price. <laughs> I need these Nike's Air Force Ones. <laughs> I, I just wanted to go back to what you mentioned earlier. Because um, when we talk about halfies, especially in the Philippines, people are used to the moms being the foreigner. And you said that your mom and your, your dad's marriage is a little bit unusual because... Um, I'm not sure if we mentioned to those who are listening, your dad is the Filipino and your mom is the Palestinian. So h- how... Do, do you feel that, that a lot of people maybe are not judging but are starting to question like, how is it that your mom is the, the foreigner and your dad is the Filipino? And growing up, did you receive a lot of those comments? A lot, a lot. Like I can't even count in on my fingers, on my hands, on my toes even. I can't count how many times people are like, how did that happen? Aren't Arabs like really, really strict and they don't like, you know, marrying out of sight of their race? Or what did your dad do to kind of get a foreigner? Like, uh, it was really weird to me because I never really thought that there was any type of prejudice against one, one, uh, one race. I've never seen it in the Arab culture where my mom's family was like, why did you marry this person, you know, like outside of your race? But the older that you get, you kind of understand that some people have this notion. And I have to like explain it to them. And I have to let them know that there are more people like that, because I'm not the only one. I have a friend who is half Iraqi, half Filipino, and uh, her mom was Armenian Iraqi. And her dad was a pure Filipino. So there are many like us there. And I guess it's just unusual because most of the stories that we hear on media and from our families and everything, it's always the woman who's a Filipino and the the dad who's a foreigner. And a lot of times it's always the woman is a maid when that's not 100% true. There are a lot of Filipino women who had different types of career who were able to get foreign guys and not always because of money because that's also another issue in our culture you know oh or maybe he got she got married to a foreigner because he's rich so it's 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 something that i want to kill like this type of thought this type of thinking i want to kill it because it's not beneficial to anybody and it just brings out more stereotypes and more prejudice yeah, especially if you're receiving those comments since you were young, at such a young age, you wouldn't really grasp, like, why do they always question it? And to you, growing up with two different cultured parents, to you, it's what's normal. 
But then when people start questioning it, you start questioning yourself. Wait, wait am I not normal? Is this not the normal the thing norm, yeah. that happens? Because I also got a lot of those questions or a lot of those comments like, oh, like, how did your parents meet? And of course, because my mom is the Filipino, most of the time there's this connotation in the Philippines like, oh, nakabinguit si ate because, <laughs> you know, like, oh, you, you know, your dad is the foreigner and perhaps your mom needed money and she needed to marry someone who was rich that's the 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 mentality back then and there's still a little bit of those comments that you would hear nowadays but i'm i'm glad that more and more halfies are coming out and starting to speak their piece that people get educated as well that it's it's normal you know whether the mom is the filipino or the dad is the filipino and that's what makes it super cool i think it's a it's a very big trend now as well because the last episode was it second last episode that we did of this podcast was a guy who sent us a question asking it how is it to like how what how do you what are the ways and give us tips and tricks on how to date arab women hmm. so i think it's like yeah everyone just wants to mingle now together with different nationalities i think it's an like old school thinking that yeah you only have to stay married to or find someone race. of your own race but now i just i just love it i love mixed babies i love seeing the world like expanding and having like a unique face like trying me trying to guess oh where's this person from yeah and and, and you not yeah. being able to right like you look at someone and you're like hmm she or he looks like a half but i don't know from where yeah and i mean uh, it's really fun it's really fun to be a happy because you get to experience all of these things and uh, share share different cultures and even back up your your culture if they think a certain way you know yes. um but what i what i really feel is that uh, Filipinos can be critical. It's either they love the fact that you are a halfy and they're like, oh, you're so pretty or, or you're so handsome or, oh, that's so cool that you're a halfy. And then there is the total 360 where if you criticize something about being Filipino, they're like, what are you talking about? You're a halfy. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, you're not, you're not pure Filipino. So you don't understand what you're saying. So I'm like, I can love my culture, whether it's Filipino or Arab, and I can criticize it at the same time. It doesn't mean that I don't love it. It's just, we all have love hate relationships with our culture and, and our people. It's, it's just a, it's just a reality. It doesn't mean that we hate it or we're saying bad things. Cause I'm saying a lot of these things on TikTok too. So right. The Mema people or the Mema Sabe, just so that they want to say something. Yeah. They get it out there. And if they don't like what you say, they attack your other half. Like they attack, they attack the Arab side of me. But if they love what they say, it's like, oh, because it's because they are Filipino. You know what I mean? I think that's a problem with TikTok or like any other social media platform, just like what Sarah said. So she's half Filipino, half Egyptian that we interviewed uh, two episodes ago. And she's also on TikTok a lot, but she also receives hate from the Filipino community, from the Arab community. And I feel like there's always going to be haters anywhere. But on social media, it's much more easier for them to spew their hate just because they're not in front of you physically and they can hide behind, you know, their phones, the yeah. keyboard warriors. And it's, it's amplified as well when it goes uh, like viral or something like that. And uh, even for me, like I do, I do stand-up comedy here. And I, and I make joke about uh, Filipinos and Indians. And then Indians come up to me and say, oh, you can't make fun of us like that. But I, make, but I love India and I am Indian, so I can do it. But if it's like a different nationality making fun of Indians and Filipinos, it might sound racist. But uh, since I'm both nationalities, I feel like I have the authority to, to make fun of both. <laughs> it's races. my culture. Yeah, I can talk culture, about but... it. How, how is it? 
how when now we're talking about culture like how is it since you've moved to the philippines do you still have that strong sense of you know the arab culture and do you still practice arab like specific things that are tied to your arab roots i think i was very lucky that i grew up all the way until i was 13 to have the fundamentals of or the values of the arab culture really stuck with me mm-hmm. you know because um it's it's really different i'm not saying that the arab culture or the arab values are more important than the filipino values but the thing is i came from the arab world where it's just so it's just the opposite of what filipinos think and i don't i'm not hating on filipinos because yes there are some bad experiences that uh, our kababayans have experienced in the middle east but it's not it's like a few cases out of the 2 million filipinos in the entire middle east and most of them are staying in the middle east for more than 10 years so how can you say like all arabs are bad so i'm lucky that i was able to grow up there to see the truth of the middle east and understand what is it that makes it good and bad and the same thing when i moved here but we were able to bring the values from the middle east so whenever people tell me that they like me and who i am and everything and then they say it's not how arabs in my mind are you know they they're surprised that this is how an arab would be and i say yeah because i got my values from they were not different from filipinos it's the same it's just that i have the reality from when i grew up and we still practice a lot um especially since we're a muslim family we still practice a lot of the traditions a lot of the values the religious acts so all of these things have been part of my personality have been part of my my day-to-day lifestyle and the way i treat my family and my friends and i think one thing that i wanted to mention was the fact that I can educate other people on how the two cultures are different and the two cultures are similar. There's one more thing that I wanted to say and it was like a really good point but it's just it just like went whoosh I can't remember it but if it comes back if it comes back let's just stop everything and be like I remembered it and then we go back. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's that's really important that you you talk about both of your cultures at the same time how different it is how similar it is because i wanted to touch upon what you said earlier um i think when there's something negative especially in the news it's being amplified so much and it's generalized me and you we've been here in dubai for almost 30 years and yes unfortunately there are bad things that are happening but that's not everything that's like a tiny tiny piece of a bigger, happier community of Filipinos here in in Dubai, right? No, it's like it's like that saying, yeah, like good news travels fast, but bad news travels even faster. Mm. And like you can like all the good things that happen in the Middle East to our families, to our friends, will easily be forgotten with one single act of yeah, like uh, a negative act, basically. Yeah, and it's it's also how the media portrays it. There are all these news channels that really want to attack Muslims. They really want to attack the Middle East. Right. That's where there's so many travel bans going on and and everything. So, and news distorts a lot of information all the time. Yeah. And people repost stuff on social media, then you, it paints the wrong picture for everyone. Like this whole uh, uh, Palestine and Israel thing. Every other story now that I see on Instagram has something to say about this whole situation, and it's always 
something some small differences you know in in mm. everything so you really don't know what to believe at the end of the day yeah as well so I you mean because it gets distorted it gets like distorted from one person to another yeah, it, that yeah. happens and, and then at the end of the day i'm like i cannot make up my own decision on what which side i want to no mm. not, not which side i want to believe but what i actually want to believe at the end of the day mm. so it's because it's, it's different it's, it is like that i think i think that's why it's important to have these type of platforms which are you know real and raw and experiences of people because news sometimes although it's really beneficial for us to see what's happening you don't know what's true and what's not because some people can get paid some people can get paid for their voices to be amplified heard even more and i don't know if it's mostly real or not cause this mass hysteria Yeah, like, I actually like. I feel like we're gonna hit like the Palestinian issue just yes. in, a, in a bit. That's what I feel like we're going. But yes. like right before we hit that, you guys just triggered what I was about to say because it's directly connected to what you guys said about how bad things it travels really, really fast. It's faster than the good news. And I just wanted to share that in the Arab world, I never heard anything bad about Filipinos. You know, they never. Mm-hmm made fun of Filipinos they always love Filipinos yes there are a few Arabs who are racist here and there because they are uneducated but like here in the Philippines all of the people that I've met have a negative connotation against the the Arabs so I feel like it's a very one-sided relationship because the media that was being fed to the Filipinos were all bad news and it feels like if one Filipino was treated well by an Arab person then it's a miracle you know like it's a it's a miracle that that only happens once in a lifetime but every day there's like a rape thing or a, um abuse thing or all of these things they don't understand that even my family has spent 25 years my mom and my dad they spent 25 years in jordan being the ate and kuya of the filipino community they saw all everything all types of issues about why things happen the way it does and you will be shocked by the stories and how I'm not saying that Filipinos are the cause, but how stories are being made up just so that some Filipinos get what they want. Right. Mm, yeah. You know? I'm not saying that they're the villains, they're the real villains, but I'm just saying there's more to the story than people think that are in the media. That is so true. There are so many people who got affected by, um, like, rape happens. Yes. Even in the Philippines, it happens, right? Yes. It happens everywhere in the world. Yes. But then some Uh, Filipinos are being brainwashed to say that they've been raped when they've not been raped just so that they can go home just because they don't want to pay the fee of like um, just because they're homesick and they can't go home because they signed a contract like it's professional but they they just want to go home and other Filipinos are telling them oh just say you got raped and then they'll help you out but how many people are going to be affected by it the family the members the children the the wife you know this is destroying a family of an arab and i'm not defending all arabs because again there are bad arabs but again there are bad filipinos so let's just i don't want to make blanket statements i don't want arabs saying all filipinos are like this and i don't want filipinos saying all arabs or any other nationality is like this you <laughs> should take it from a case to case basis and make sure you get all the facts that's it I think that's I think that's very true. There are we're not saying there aren't bad people. There are bad people and there are also good people. But I think that's where we need to look at it on a person basis, not by because he or she is from a certain nationality or from a certain race because that's where it doesn't it's not fair. It just that's where racism comes in 
just because you're an Arab, you're this, or just because you're a Filipino, you're this. And maybe, in my opinion, one of the main things why Filipinos have this connotation against Arabs is we're very obsessed with American culture. And we know how America paints the Middle East. And it's just it's just not true. You know, mm. when they talk about Islam, they talk about it synonymously to terrorism. And this is what they feed to people who don't know better. And those, you know, in the Philippines, the way that we look at these American movies and all of these American shows and how they portray Arabs, of course, we're going to be, you know, brainwashed like, oh, okay, that's how Arabs are. That's how they are to other people. They're terrorists. They're bad people. But it's not necessarily true. And what you said is true as well. Like the whole Western side, how they portray Muslims, you know, like, oh, they they are terrorists and how video games portray like, okay, we're going to like when I play video games, it's always like in a in a desert and there's people like wearing the turban like counter strike exactly yes. everything there's there's the counter terrorists and they're the terrorists yeah. so it's it's literally everything and it's like one bad apple ruins a whole basket is that the yeah. saying i don't know what the saying what, is. what did you say before like one rotten egg ruins the whole tray i'm like where where are you getting these things from i'm getting a lot of analogies they're all spot on though i know and no but and the rape allegation things is is very true like i've read like a lot of things about men whose whole lives have been ruined because of rape allegations even if nothing ever happened and i am a men's right activist as well Mm -hmm. as much as i am a women's right activist but it is uh, very sad to see that this they're they're using this um rape as a loophole as uh, yeah as a easy way out basically yeah and I, i don't know if it was qatar or kuwait where there was a family that, uh, where the man murdered his maid who was Pinay, and then Duterte said, "Okay, everyone in the Philippines, everyone in that country, come back." It's to Kuwait. Right now. I think Kuwait? it was Kuwait. Yeah, yeah. He took home yeah. like all, like a lot of uh, domestic helpers from Kuwait, and then stopped um, Filipinos from going from from going from the Philippines to Kuwait. Yeah. He said, "Like enough. Like I'm not gonna take this." But the way again, it, the way that it was portrayed is like exactly, all Kuwaitis exactly. are bad. And I feel like it's also directly connected to how Filipinos now are honestly, honestly, like I again, I love my fellow Filipinos. I'm I joined the Army Reservist just so that I can help my Filipino people. So nobody come at me right now and tell me like, oh, you should be uh, representing your Filipino blood and blah, 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 because it's not about that. It's about everybody just being on the right side of um, history being on the right on human rights just because you hate a person doesn't mean you should hate their entire family that's how I'm trying to look at it and now Filipinos are all desensitized on what's happening in the Middle East not all but like most what I've been seeing on social media I'm I'm really sad to see that a lot of Filipinos are desensitized to what's happening because they we have been portrayed Arabs have been portrayed as bad guys like you said in the Western media so well so well like there is never going to be any bad guy that plays that role so well other than arabs yeah all of the bad guys even in like let's say uh 300 with uh, leonidas the, the the person that they were going against is def- i think it was persian but yeah, their persian. features all of their fe- features are arab features like strongly arab features yeah which is which is so really really sad and they don't understand that the terrorists, like, let's say, recently I was watching a documentary about how ISIS 
is still going underground. Like, yes, they have been stopped in, in mainstream, but they have been going underground right now. And the ones that are fighting it is not fighting them. It's not the states. It's not. It's not the West. It's fellow Iraqis right. that are also risking their lives to stop this. It's not like Arabs can call up ISIS and say, Habibi, stop this. You know what I mean? Yes. We don't support groups like that. That's true. That's true. Just like not all Americans support the KKK or not all Filipinos support like the NPA or, you know, other other terrorist groups. Like we don't we don't we don't judge the entire nation or the entire race from a group of people, even if they're doing it in that name. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. That, that's so true. I, I wanted to, you know, touch upon wh- what you said earlier, that you you actually served in the Fil- Philippine Army Command Reserve. Before you became a second lieutenant, you won um, Miss Earth Philippines Air to, in 2018. And just within that whole year, you also became a second lieutenant. So just if we can touch upon that subject, because it's, for me, it's just so cool to see a woman who can be a you know a beauty pageant contestant and also be in a you know in a man's world. Um, can we talk about like how how did you get to both of those um, roles? Honestly, a lot of people think that it's such a huge jump, which aesthetically it is. It, aesthetically, like if you look at it, it is a huge jump. However, if I look at the reasons why I joined a pageant and the reasons why I joined the army, they're the same. I joined, I never really thought of joining a pageant before. I wasn't, it wasn't really my dream, but it came out from confidence, a a newfound confidence that I got from losing weight. And at the same time, it was mostly because I needed a platform for charity, for humanitarian projects that I've been doing even before pageantry. I first joined a pageant in 2013 for Miss World, and it was with Megan Young, and I got second runner up for the first time. And that whole journey just taught me how to get in touch with my female side. Because honestly, I was really a lot like a tomboyish type of girl. You know, I was very rugged. In college, if you go before uh, Miss, Miss World in 2013, in college, I voluntarily signed up for ROTC. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So it wasn't like it was forced upon me. We can choose whether we want CWTS or civil welfare, something, something, or if I wanted to go for ROTC. And I chose ROTC because I felt like it would be a very important skill to have. And at the same time, I really had a connection to the Philippines and I wanted to serve at some point. I even, there was even a point where my father and I had a conversation where I said I wanted to join the military because also my uncle from my mother's side was a part of the, the military actions of the United Nations where they helped refugees and he was part of that security task force. You know, right. not the military task force, but the security task force. And it just, it, I was just going through that, that direction you know, like more on that side. But then I got the opportunity for Miss World. I joined because I I had a lot of projects that I wanted to push through. And when I became a beauty queen, it was easier to get donations. It was easier to speak about these issues because people look at you more with the crown on your head and with a sash across your body. When I joined Miss Earth, that was another opportunity for me to speak out and have another platform. And I didn't really get what I wanted, which is of course the main crown, but it did lead me to realizing that I can still 
serve my people, if not as a beauty queen or as a spokesperson, there are other ways. And at that time I was 28, I could not uh, join another pageant. And I said, what other ways can I, can I serve my people? And that, that was when I decided to join the army reservist, which I'm still a part of and still active in, but in different ways. But that, that was the whole story. If people think, oh, it's such a huge change, it is in terms of physical appearance, but the core of it is the same. Helping people is what I really wanted and having a bigger platform would help me a lot. And pageantry and the army were the hugest or the biggest platforms I could get. I mean, having that title, just, you know, when, when you introduce yourself or when we introduce introduced you and you have that title next to you people are like wow you know she that's when you have their ears really yeah yeah yeah. and just for me it's just super cool that as a woman you you do not have to box yourself with just being a girly girl you know you can be a girly girl and you can also be a girly girl who is who can carry a badass exactly who can female rambo (laughs) exactly who can be on the field and who can who who can actually serve her country and that is i think that's a really good role model for the young young girls everywhere yeah and i think like you you're now become like a role model for a lot of people and this is something i've noticed with us hafis uh since we've grown up in like a mixed cultural household we're so attuned to the people around us like we're so what's that emotionally aware mm. of, of of what's going on around us and we see things and we're like we really want to help like janine and i we have a spot a soft spot for all these things that are happening like even in in the middle east especially dubai where everyone thinks oh people drive around in lamborghinis and eat at the tallest restaurant in the world but there's still so many people who are under the poverty line over here yeah there's a very big and rampant uh lower middle class as well and, and lower class and Janine and I, we still do whatever we can to help these people around us. We still uh, try to support them in any way that we can, even though it might be limited. But we are also trying to see what uh, ways we can help these people. Yeah. And it's really remarkable what you do. And it's, uh, I feel very honored to even have you on this podcast. Exactly. You know, like it, it's something really cool. And, and and it's really cool hearing that like uh, people always, especially in the, in the Middle Eastern side where women don't have much of a voice. And it's great to see that you're trying to go through those barriers and break that glass ceiling. Yeah, so not, 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 just, not just the label. So again, thank you so much. And, you know, one of the main things that we, we would love you to help us is to spread awareness to what is currently happening in Palestine. And um, if you can just maybe break down for us, for those who are not aware of the history of why this is currently happening. Honestly, when we go to the history, it, it really depends on where you want to start. You know, like if we say it started in 1948 with the Nakba, which is the start of the ethnic cleansing where 700,000 Palestinians became homeless almost overnight, then other people will say, oh, but before that, you know, like if you go years before that, then it's supposed to be belonging to the Jewish and all of these things. But people don't understand that that land, it was really Egypt, Palestine, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, all of those, all of that cluster of land mm-hmm. has been a way for many cultures to go through, many, mm-hmm. many different cultures to go through. And to claim that Palestinians aren't from there, the question is, where did they come from? You know, right. where did they come from? And a lot of, a lot of uh, Zionists, I don't like calling them Israelis and I don't like calling them 
uh, Jewish people because Jewish majority of Jewish people don't believe in what the Zionism uh, the Zionists are saying. So it's really different. We have to also be very careful because the the message has always been across the board. Anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitism. It's not anti-Jewish. And all of the people listening, if you are pro-Palestinian or pro-Palestine, that does not mean you should be anti-Jewish. And if you are anti-Jewish, that means you are in fact anti-Semitic and that should be eliminated because you cannot be pro-Palestinian and anti-Semitic at the same time because that means you're still on the side of hate. Yes. And we're not trying to be on the side of hate. What we're criticizing are the Zionists because their their whole ideology or their whole practice is really to to cleanse the uh, the Palestine of the Palestinian people. I just want everybody to know that uh, Zionism has been there before uh, yeah. the Zionists came in to, to Palestine. And if you can look at the actual history, even at the end of the Ottoman Empire, right? Yes, the Ottoman Empire came into Palestine and they made a lot of people Muslims, but that area has gone through so many changes, so right. many. So if we're just going to play this game of who started it and we go like 4,000 years, it's, it's a moot point. It's yeah. a moot point. Yes. We're looking at what is Palestine right now. The people made there are coming from a lot of different cultures. And that's what makes the Palestinian people unique and, and um, related or connected to the land. The people who have stayed there. And just uh, just a perspective for everybody, especially the Filipinos who are listening, Palestine has been a home for Muslims Christians and Jewish people. Yes, agreed. Because why is it that years and years back, people were able to live within the same... In harmony. In harmony, yeah. Why is it that in 2021, this is still happening? And and my my head just can't understand that fact that it is happening in 2021. And it continues to happen from 1948. It's like a never-ending... war in itself you know it, it keeps on happening it stops for a bit keeps on happening again stops exactly and i think i want to stress the fact that it's so important for us to talk about not jews themselves because again as you pointed out there are a lot of jewish people who are against what is happening yes there are still those Jews and Israelis who are pro-fighting for their country mm-hmm. and claiming that Palestine is their land. But there are also a lot who are saying, no, this is not acceptable. We can't kill innocent lives just because we are claiming that that's our land. That's 100% true. It's 100% true. And um, that was like just to let's start with that history, you know, like when we ca- when we talk about them living peacefully, that was already the end of the Ottoman Empire. And if you notice how Lebanon and Syria, they can actually speak French, mostly Lebanon, they can speak French. Right. Because after the Ottoman Empire, the UK and France, they were already starting to colonize that area. And then they decided, you know, this is a big cluster. Let's just draw lines and borders, because before it was just one huge one huge nation, and they didn't have that, um, that, that insecurity of you know what we should draw our borders. You know they were just happy to be a part of this huge community. But then 
when the UK or Britain came in and then, um, yeah, let's not say the UK, but let's say Britain came in and so did France. They started cutting it up. So Jordan and Palestine was under the British rule and then France took up Syria and Lebanon. So from there, it just became a part of another colonizing body. Yes. Right. But then Syria and Lebanon and Jordan all had their independence. That's why they were able to, to build their own governments and everything. But Palestine went from about to getting the, about about to have their independence to being transferred to another colonizer. Yes. So we went from Ottoman Empire to being colonized again by the British, and then they colonized us again, but in a more discreet way through the Zionists. Yes. And just so that people know, Zionism came in in the 19th century um, before the Nakba, right? Mm -hmm. And depending on which historian you, you believe, but it was basically a talk of how they wanted to have their own nation for, the very, for a very, very long time. And they were actually discussing which land beforehand, before they came into Palestine. And just to give you an idea of how the Zionists really thought, it was, it was being led by a person like this founder, right, was actually an atheist. Mm -hmm. Take that mental note. He was actually an atheist with a Jewish background, meaning he grew up in a Jewish household. He had Jewish traditions, but he was an atheist. But then he was inspired, him and his other group, uh, group members were inspired by how colonizers were able to go to the States, take away the land of the Native Americans and build their own uh, country. They were inspired by that story and they wanted to do the same. They wanted to take the land, take it away from the natives, but then include religion into it because they felt that it would be more convincing, that it would be a stronger notion and that they would have the right because it was the word of God. Because it was written that it was for them. It yeah. was according to them, it was written. Yes. But if you look at it, imagine, then why did they choose Palestine? They were choosing other places as well beforehand. They just happened to choose Palestine. Right. Because they felt that because it has a religious connection and it was their way of, of convincing people that was the strongest argument that they had to take the land away. Right. Right. And Brit the British were actually saying to the Palestinians that they wanted to bring the Jews there because they were refugees coming from what happened in the Holocaust. Right. In the beginning, they were just tourists. Before the Holocaust happened, we had a lot of Jews coming into Palestine as tourists and some of them wanted to stay. And Palestinians were like, stay, welcome. You know, like, it's OK if you want to live there. If you, it's okay for me to share my land and my country, no problem. And then they started to increase, started increase, increase, increase. And then when the Nakba happened, which is right after, um, not immediately after, but that's right after what happened in the, in the Holocaust, that was a shock to Palestinians because it was not, they did not see it coming. It right. wasn't like the other colonizers where it was obvious but here they thought that they were providing security for other Jews who were feeling who were feeling like they were oppressed by another country. And it just what what happened? Yes. 
overnight we just lost like why am I being kicked out of my house exactly See? so that's where the struggle really happened like the tension really happened I, I can't imagine just waking up one day or I mean just living your life one day and someone comes into your house and says and claims oh you know what you have to leave because this is mine now and you're like Get out. wait this is my house and they're like nope nope if I don't take it someone else will take it I'm, I'm sure you've seen that video of this American guy from New York who of course is a Jew came in started asking um and the 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 Palestinian woman actually knows him by name I forgot I forgot his name but he, he oh, I think she I saw was that she video. kept telling him yes she kept telling him Yakub this is my house you can't take it and he's like no no if I don't take it someone else will so I'm doing you a favor I'm you know, doing you a favor because you know me hand. yeah yeah and I'm I'm going to kick you out peacefully but other people won't kick you out peacefully so I'll take it away from you how It's like I'm the lesser of the two evils so you still have to yeah, yeah it's complete nonsense yeah. it's complete nonsense He was being interviewed um recently they they shot a documentary as well and they interviewed him and uh, he said it's not that we want to push out Palestinians we just want to bring more Jews in Yes. And then the interviewer was saying, but that just means you need to push them out. It's like, no, it doesn't mean that we want to push them out. It's just that they need to be pushed out. It's a necessary evil. Yes. So, I mean, this is how they were. I don't look. I also don't want to fight, meaning I don't want to use bad words against other Zionists. Why? Because there are so many anti-Zionists who were who were Zionists themselves because they were brainwashed from when they were young to believe that Palestinians were evil people, especially the gen our generation, right? Yeah. Because our generation, we were just taught by our parents and the parents before them. That's so true. we, th this generation doesn't know any better. So I don't like attacking personally. I don't like <laughs> when other people are saying, you know, you are an animal in the in the haiwan like you're you're a dog i don't like using words like that i want everybody to use words of education talk right. to them because you want to change their minds not because you want to degrade them like how they degraded you, hmm. you see, I, because you never know when you're going to inspire them to say you know what you're right that's true I think that's important to when you, when you point out education but I, I think now that the our generation is starting to learn more through the internet through people who are teaching them or, or from what is currently happening I think this is when we need to start opening our minds to it's not just about what was taught to you when you were younger because our parents or their their parents and generations behind them Did not know any better because that was what was also passed down to them but in a generation where education is free i don't think there's an excuse anymore to say oh this was what i was taught when i was younger it's it's not i refuse to believe that that's a valid excuse in this day and age especially when you hear about the truth already mm -hmm. like when you refuse to believe that that's true and you still believe that killing innocent lives is okay That's when it, I'm like, no. That's where you draw the line. Yeah. And it is true, like, in, in in Asian households especially, it's very hard to talk back to the parents. Yeah. Like, if your parents tell you to do something, even if you don't agree to it, you might as well at the end of the day still have to do it. So mm -hmm. I, Yeah. So I think being woke, researching, doing your due diligence at the end of the day is still very, very important. It, it's your duty. When it, when it comes to making up your mind, yeah. Yeah. 
I think though it's yes, like you said, it's very important and education is free right now because of internet, because of social media. But um, I just want everybody who's fighting for Palestine to not fight dirty. That's it. Mm. Like if you're gonna fight, fight with knowledge. And I want to bring this to light because again, you know, being happy is what you said. We have like this emotional awareness that we are more, more attuned to other people's feelings and we are easy to look at both sides so for the for the zionists who are still believing what they believe even if there's facts and everything it's not just about knowledge though it's also about the fact that they have to face their guilt psychologically speaking and emotionally speaking if they accept the truth that means they have to accept that they were a part of the problem mm-hmm. and that's a bigger psychological Uh, hurdle than anything else to accept that you were wrong is the hardest thing especially when it comes to uh, when it comes to people's lives when you see children that's why there are so many of them who are living in denial right you know they're not actively being like the leaders the leaders know what they're doing 100 you know they know what they're doing yeah but the citizens or even the people in the military sometimes they are brainwashed so much that they have to be in denial from the truth. And mm. that's why I don't like playing dirty. I don't like people, I don't like it when I see other Filipinos or other other Palestinians or Arabs going below the belt. Right. Educate them, be mad, be mad. Yes. But don't don't go personal. Don't be like you're going to go to hell. You know, like these things like that it's not your decision because that person might have a change of heart. Yeah, I, I I like that. I like that. As what you said, we can't attack. And what what we were what we kept on saying from the beginning of this video is you can't generalize a whole nation or a whole country because of certain people who are acting out negatively mm-hmm. um, against others. And when our emotions take over with anger, that's when we we don't think about what we're doing. And sometimes I. I'm very guilty of that. Like when I talk to you and I'm like, those Israelis. And then you're like, wait, wait, wait. Like sometimes he, you know, he brings me back to earth and he's like, wait, hold up. That's not everyone, which is true. And I think um, we need to start thinking that way, that it's not everyone. There are certain people, unfortunately, but it's, we have to think about their, the two sides. Yeah. I'm not saying don't be mad. And I'm not saying you should be quote-unquote sensitive to them but I'm just saying like you need to be the bigger person you need to find a way to get to them without being mean Mm. like look at we were talking about um a Filipino Palestinian influencer Subhi Taha and Subhi if you're listening answer their email because you need to be on this podcast come on come on (laughs) Yes, um, but I was just I was I was looking at his content, and he never, never, never insults a Jewish person or an Israeli person or even a Zionist. He never insults them. What he does is he educates them. You know, cancel culture is. I feel like it's so toxic because it doesn't allow people to have second chances. And that's not something that we should promote. We should promote you being enlightened. Like we want you to be better. Not we don't want you at all. We want you to be better because you everybody deserves a chance to be better. You know? So right now, if you're angry, be angry. I'm not telling you don't be angry. Be angry. I'm angry. I'm like you. Like I, I haven't had more than four hours of sleep in mm. the past 
14 days. Right. Honestly, honestly, like my brother and I, sometimes we see each other in the middle of the night because we just can't sleep. And, you know, I also want people to not blindly follow Mm. on both sides. If you're going to fight for Palestine, educate yourself a little bit so that when you talk to other people, you know what you're talking about. That's so true. Read also the context from Zionism. Like the reason why I can talk about it so confidently and even talk to other Israelis and other other Zionists. Like I've had Zionists uh, message me wow. because they want to understand what I'm saying. Yes. Not because they want to attack me. Like, you know, I message in the comments. I see these comments and then I try to educate them. And one one of them said, can I DM you? How, how polite is that? Wow. Considering... <laughs> And we had a whole conversation and I was able to give him like this whole history and backing up everything that he was saying to me. Everything that he was saying, I already knew. So I knew what to rebuttal. I knew what you were under what you're saying. He was saying something like, I want to mention this. Like he was saying like, what about the Jewish people? Do they not have a right to be in a land that is holy to them? I said, no, come by all means. You're welcome. Palestinians have welcomed you even before 1948, before you stole the land. But if we welcome you, that doesn't mean you should take our house. If you want to get land here, buy the land here legally, not illegally kick me out of my own house. You're welcome here. Agreed. He said, he said, doesn't, doesn't that mean that we should have our, our claim because Judaism started there? Well, so did Islam. It started there. So did Christianity, it started there. Should the Christians come in and kick you out? How would you feel? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so we had a very intelligent conversation. It was a very intelligent debate. And whether or not he changes his mind, I'm glad that I was able to say what I said because it'll bring doubt. It'll, it'll bring doubt and allow him to think like, I hope, and inshallah, like, I, I don't know if it'll change him, but yeah. somehow he's got to feel something if he were, if he, if he brought it, to a point where he needed to send me a message. Yeah. yeah. Bark has to be there. So I'm 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 really yeah, happy. Yeah. I'm really happy to hear that, you know, people are still welcoming healthy conversations because more and more so in, you know, a culture where internet it it's very quick to just shut it down or shut it off or cancel people, cancel culture, where you're like, if I don't like it, I'll shut you off. But what we actually need is to start talking about matters and not just say, you know what, I'm not on your side. I don't want to hear whatever you want to say. No, actually, you have to hear what other people have to say because it might change how you're thinking. It will help you understand why you're correct or you're wrong. And facts are there. You just have to read them. You just have to educate yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't shut people off just because they don't believe the same beliefs that you have. It is difficult, you know, especially for people who are not used to saying I'm sorry or I'm wrong. But the more that you have these open discussion, only then will you be able to, to open your mind. And we, we wanted to touch upon um, the subject of how how do you think we can support our brothers and sisters in, in Palestine um, for those who are listening right now? What are what are the things It might be small? It might be big. But what are the different things that we can do to help support them? Number one is social media. A lot of people will say, oh, we should be sensitive to other people who don't want to post on social media because, you know, they they feel uncomfortable or they feel like they don't know enough about it. But I really hate the hypocrisy of how a lot of people want to post about Black Lives Matter and want to post about Stop Asian Hate, but they don't want to post about 
free Palestine. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you don't post about politics in general, you're just not about that life. You just don't want to be involved with human rights or whatever because you you're self-centered. Accept it. You know, right. like I'm not going to deal. I'm not going to hate on you. It's your prerogative. That's fine. But don't be posting about all of these other activists, uh, activism, but then you choose not to post about Palestine. A lot of Filipinos do that. They they hop on the train because it's being popularized on social media. Do not pick and choose. You can't pick and choose human rights. It's human rights or nothing, you know? It's all or nothing. So it is important to to post on social media and people think that it's nothing because they feel like, oh, social media is not going to do anything. But social media is already breaking down uh, the Israel's facade. They spend thousands, millions, millions of dollars on PR. They spend millions of dollars of trying to erase the history of Palestine. The whole motto of Zionism is a land without a people for a people without a land which is 100% not true. There were people on that land. There were airports, there were hospitals, there were schools, there were everything. So being on social media is a fight within itself. It shows not only solidarity, but you are fighting with Palestinian people because that's the only reason why people are looking at Palestine right now. They are seeing the truth. It's because of social media. So that's number one. That's the bare minimum. Yes. You know, hitting hitting repost on your story, copy pasting, that's the bare minimum. Right? Yes. And the second thing is the second thing is if you find organizations that are credible and that need your help in terms of funds, go ahead and do that. It, sorry, excuse me. If there are other people also if there are other people also who are organizing protests, go ahead and and join that that fight. Because you need, again, to be the voice of the voiceless. In other ways, in other ways, I think if you are really serious about, if you're really serious about helping the change, it's to create more letters and signing it uh, and sending it to your politicians and really putting pressure on your politicians and putting pressure on influential people as well to talk about it and to make content, no matter what type of content it is, I don't want you to make insulting content where, like you said, like the poop emoji and everything on TikTok. I want you to make educational content, whether it's you reacting to a certain news or you giving actual facts that you've learned Yes. Right. And cite your sources. Like if you're not comfortable with saying, oh, this is my opinion, then cite your sources. Cite like this is where I got it from. According to this, this is what happened. Look with your eyes. You, everybody can see. Everybody can see the difference. And there are, this is your chance to be on the right side of history. And the whole reason why people are so traumatized by this, right? Is because we've never seen in our lives as millennials, we've never seen war yes. face-to-face. Yeah, we've yeah. never seen the horrors of war. What, yes. if the so- what if social media was happening during the Holocaust? It would have been a different conversation. It would have mm-hmm. been, It would have been a different reality because people saw how horrible it was, yet a lot of people tried to deny it. You know, a lot of people tried to, think that it didn't happen and they didn't want to they didn't want to believe it Mm -hmm. but now what we're doing in social media is they have no choice but to see it they have no choice but to believe it because it's there 
Yes. There are photos, there are videos. So please on social media, be vocal about it. If you don't have the means monetarily or financially, I mean, or if you don't have any influence or political power, just be a voice on social media and, and you will have a great impact on helping the Palestinian people. Yeah, I think no matter how hard it is to look at these photos of children being um, shot at, of, you know, everything that is happening of buildings falling down it is important to shed light upon it only because there are still people who are not aware of what's happening we have to make sure that our brothers and sisters in palestine are also being heard it's it's difficult because even their voices are being cut off internet in gaza is being cut off they're not being able to share their stories and the little stories that we're seeing on social media we're actually already very thankful that we're seeing it and for those little amount of posts we have to amplify we're the how do we say amplifier of those tiny voices that are like they're they're spokespeople yeah like what zara said we're giving voice to the voiceless when it comes to these kinds of things because at the end if they cannot help themselves we have to step in and help our brothers and sisters over there as well because that's what they don't have. They don't want, um, Palestinians don't, are not asking for a military, you know? Yeah. They have nothing. They don't have a military. What do they have? Like people, Zionists are going to say, oh, they have Hamas. But Hamas is not our government. We are forced to be government by governed by them because of you. Yes. We have no government because of you. That's why Hamas exists. But yes. Which, by the way, Hamas, uh, Hamas only came in in 1987. That's mm. years after the Nakba. Yes. After the ethnic cleansing of Palestine. So what was your reason before 1987 of what was what was the justification for Zionists or Israel to hurt the Palestinian people before that? Yes. You know, Hezbollah, which is coming from Lebanon. That was in 1982. That wasn't even during the 1940s or the 1950s or the 1960s. No. So it was it was created because of you. It was mm-hmm. created because of the Zionists. And I, I'm just really, I'm really shocked by a lot of people who refuse to also post on social media because I, I think, I think it's because they're confused. Mm. Remember, we were earlier, earlier in the podcast, we were talking about how we were, Arabs are always painted as the bad guys. So now they're thinking, I don't see bad guys. I see them being hurt. I see them bleeding. I see them crying or shouting for their lives, praying for their lives, yes. you know? So how is it that the bad guys are suffering now? And and they, they're just confused, especially Filipinos. Like they think Arabs are, most Filipinos would think that Arabs are the bad guys. So how come we should be with them? Don't they deserve, like they're confused right now. We're We're shaking them up. Yes. It's like the bad guys are fighting the bad guys so we can leave them to it, you know? So I think that's what a lot of people are thinking as well. They're like, why Why do we need to shed light into this matter where I don't even understand it myself, perhaps? Maybe that's where they're also coming from. And I, I don't know how, for you, you're, you're, these are your countrymen. So for people who are, I'm not, I'm not a Palestinian myself, I'm Lebanese, but I already feel so much for the people who are in Palestine. So... I can't imagine how much you feel being half Palestinian mm-hmm. yourself. It's really terrible because I have family there as well, you know. 
a lot of a lot of people say like, oh, you don't know. You don't know what's really going there. I'm like, yes, I do. I have family there. And uh, one of the Zionists who messaged me, they were like, don't you feel bad for the Israeli families who have to be who have to stay in their bunkers because of the attacks of Hamas? I was like, in Tagalog, buti ka pa. Like, you know, lucky you. You guys have bunkers. What do the Palestinian people in Gaza have? They have nothing. They are not even under under any type of security whatsoever. It's either they just pray that they won't get hit. Yes. That's yeah. it. That's all they have. That, that's all they have. The protection of, you know, prayer. That's it. Yes. No one's- And they are willing and they're ready to die. Yes. They're, they are ready to, they're not willing because nobody wills to die, but they're they're ready to die for their country. Yeah. And, and they've so accepted much. that. They're like, if I die tonight, I die fighting for my country. It's just so weird to hear those statements in 2021. I just feel like instead of moving forward when these things happen, why are we going backwards? Yeah, no one should have that insecurity, you know? It's, yeah. it's really terrible. Yeah. And these people who are being taken out of their house, they're not even given time to collect their stuff, to take at least their valuables. No, they're like, get out. This is ours now. Whatever's here is ours. Yeah. Imagine things you yeah, being collected. They, they throw their stuff yes. too. Yes. They throw their stuff. Yeah. And 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 they they burn it, they destroy it. They're like, nope, whatever's left here is ours. Imagine things that you held on since you were a child, things that are important to you. Your valuables, your... all of that gone. Mm-hmm. It's just it's all just more than rockets. Like people are always saying, oh, Hamas threw rockets, small rockets over to to Israel, but they didn't see before that what was happening. Like what was happening? They attacked Al-Aqsa Mosque twice. Before yeah. that, they were already abusing a lot of Palestinians. Before that, what happened? They got, they kicked out the people in Sheikh Jarrah. So yeah. all, do you not see what is being done to provoke mm-hmm. the attack? Yes. And then before that also, um, I mean, not even before that, but like what's been happening way before all the way until now, you still see apartheid, you s- still see ethnic cleansing, you still see genocide. And I want to mention the apartheid part because a lot of Filipinos also don't understand. But here's a clear image. My father, a pure Filipino, was able to visit Palestine many times back in the day. But my mother, who's a pure Palestinian, has never set foot in Palestine. Never. Wow. Yes. See? And then my Lolo, my my Sido from my mom's side, was able to visit only because he was old. It was only when he was in old age, he was able to visit Palestine or come back to Palestine with my father. Yet when they were traveling in Palestine, my father went into one entrance because he's Filipino, the easier access entrance, the tourist entrance, but he had to wait for my Sido in another line because that was specifically for the Palestinians, specifically for the Arabs. See, like this is already part of the apartheid. Just being treated differently because of your race or your religion. And you going into your own land. People people in Sheikh Jarrah cannot even step foot into, um, let's say if they want to go to Jerusalem and actually practice their faith. And I want to talk about religion as well because people are saying, oh, this is Jews versus um, um, Muslims. It's not because even Christians, even priests are being uh, manhandled, videos of them being kicked out, of them praying within the churches. This is not about religion anymore. This is more than that. 
Yes. And if it were truly about religion for Zionists, right, then how come they also mistreat Palestinian Jews? Yes. True. You see, so they just, they don't, they don't, it's really not a religion thing. It's really not. Yeah. Because they always treat even Israeli Arabs, you know, even Israeli Arabs who are Jews, they treat them as second class citizens, as long as they're Arabs. Just to let you know, like the people who are in Israel, they're not uh, indigenous to the land. They are not Arabs or Arab Jews, because a lot of people think, oh, they're also Arabs. No, these are European Jews or Jews coming from even Latin America, like Argentina, or they're, they are coming from the States. They're coming from all other parts of the world. And yeah. they were the ones who colonized this land. Yes. You see? And the Arab Jews are also being, uh, being done as second-class citizens. No. The Palestinian Jews. Yes. They're, they're considered second-class citizens. So it's just, it's just a shame that people are looking at religion. And... I'm just so frustrated. I'm so frustrated and I'm so ashamed also when I see here in the, like on social media, you might not see it as much, but the Filipino people, the the Muslim Filipino people and the educated ones like historians, right. you'll see historians and uh, those who are in politics and those who are lawyers, a lot of them are siding with Palestine. Right. Right, but others, the other, the other uh, Filipinos are not. Mm-hmm. M- many, many, many majority are unfortunately uh, fighting for Israel. Really hoping that one day, you know, when in the near future we can all talk about it again, but in a more positive um, form, and 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 not talk oh, about. Exactly. And I think all we can do for now, as you said, is keep talking about it, keep posting about it, educate people about it. And if you have the means to do so monetarily, um, send your donations to credible organizations, just, you know, educate yourself as well as to where your money is going, um, you know. Yeah. And follow and follow like if you're not sure, follow influencers who are credible and know their their history and their education about uh palestine and even religion like sorry i just want to add one more thing about the religious thing in islam in islam they call jews as the closest thing to islam they call them our brothers and sisters that are close to the hearts of muslims so how can you say that arabs or muslims hate the jewish they don't they don't so yeah. all Muslims out there, if ever that you start hating on Jews, don't. Because it's not about Jewish people. It's about Zionism. Again, I keep saying this because anti-Semitism has been growing. And we this is not what we wanted. Yes. You know, True. Islamophobia is growing as well. But I just want, it, I want us to be better than that. And yeah. for, for, for Catholics, I want you to, the Filipino Catholics specifically, um, are the Filipino Christians specifically, and this is going to be controversial for me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. Okay, they are also using the Bible to mm. to praise what's right. been going on in Israel, to praise what the Zionists have been doing, saying that they are the chosen people. Yes, because that's what's written. Yeah, that's what's written, and no one is no one is even contesting that because even in Islam they're saying it, but. 
but that doesn't give them the right to treat other people badly or to to abuse other people and to do all of these war crimes. Right. And I think that's that's what's most important because if we're talking about the Bible, the first two commandments is love God and second is love your neighbors. How is it okay to talk about the two most important commandments and say, okay, but it's also written in the Bible that the Jews are the chosen people. So it's okay. And and it's not just it's not just in, in, in the Christian community, even Islam, like these main religions, the first teaching is love love your neighbors, love one another, and make sure that you respect one another, regardless of what your religion is. So we can't say, oh, because they're Jews, they're Islams, they're um they're Christians, sorry, Muslims, that we have to fight with one another because all of our religion um teaches us to say love one another regardless exactly exactly and and for jews like since we talked about like muslims and christians and for jews look if there if this is a jewish um if this were a jewish initiative right how come a lot and i dare say majority of jewish people are against what's happening in israel are against zionism how come Yes. It's inconsistent. If you see that even the people, if even if Jewish people themselves are condemning what's happening and they are fighting for uh, for Palestinian rights, then that means something is wrong. Mm. Yes. That means this group of people, these are looking for political power. They're not looking for religious righteousness. Yes. It's not it's not there. So please Everybody who is listening and watching, just please use your common sense. Please watch. Look at Israeli media. Look hmm. at Western media. And look at everybody and look at all of the other medias out there and compare for yourself and see. It's not gonna be hard to see the right from wrong. Yes. Mm-hmm. What's being erased and what's being told truthfully. I think that th- there's there's a line with how the media chooses to portray what's happening versus what people are actually sharing on their own because that's when you see the difference between what they're trying to push through and um thank you so much for for you know a shedding light to what is currently happening and b letting us know how we can help our brothers and sisters it's it's very important that we we keep that um narrative and we continue on talking about what's happening in, in Palestine and Israel. And not just that, but everywhere else. If some, if a country or a, a certain group of people are being, um, or their voices are being taken away, I think it's very important that we help one another, mm-hmm. regardless of their religion, regardless of their nationality, regardless of your race. And I just wanted to touch upon um, everything that you've, been doing you've you've achieved so 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 much in you know such such a young life um what would you say is something that you're most proud of wow (laughs) that's honestly (laughs) that's a heavy question you know because i really feel like my my work is not done there are proud moments but there's not anything that i feel like I'm so proud of it. Like I, I go around and I boast it or, or even say that my life is done or my purpose is done here. I can't, I'm, I, I don't, I don't feel like I've done enough. Even I, I, I'm flattered. I'm flattered that you feel like I've achieved so much, but honestly, I still feel like it's not enough. And I'm still here. I'm still here for anybody who needs 
help or who needs me to help in educating other people, just like what you did, and uh, which I thank you guys for so much. I was so excited when I saw your, saw your email yeah. and I just want to be a part of that. I want to be a, a spokesperson. I want to continue to be a voice because fighting for human rights does not stop. Right. It's always gonna, it's always needed. Yeah. So hopefully influencers right now are going to evolve from just making content that's made for joy. It mm. will also be for education and to remind people to use what they have, their privilege, you know, to use their privilege to help others. So yeah. continue making happy content, please. By all means, we need it. We need it in a time when we have the pandemic and all of these wars and all of these things that are happening. Please continue to make happy content. Please continue to earn money from your sponsors. But in the mix, continue to please also fight for the rights of people around the world and educating others. There's nothing bad about it. You won't, if you lose the sponsors, then that just means you're losing the wrong people. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, you know? yes. I think it's it's being able to support a cause that needs your support, that needs your followers, that needs your voice rather than just showing one side of, of what is happening. Great. We love your outfits. Great. We love the pictures that you're being able to take, the travel photos of where you've been. But also, we need your voice to talk about something else that, that really, really matters. And just like what you're doing. So... For you, what what would you say? How how do you see the next couple of years for 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 Zahra? Honestly, I thought of going elsewhere just so that I can have more perspective about what's going on in the world. How I can bring back more influence here in my own country, in the Philippines, and because of the pandemic, a lot of things just changed. You know, like I was supposed to travel this year, find a way to enhance my career. But right now, I think in the next few years, because of what I've realized, it's more about centering myself on and figuring out what's really more important to me. Mm-hmm. I think before the pandemic, we were all lost in what we thought was important, but we, we forget that what's really important is who we are, understanding what we really want and not just being distracted by everything that we want now. You know, what we want in the long run. And being 29, I really want to focus on being a more serious influencer and being a, a well, inshallah, like I'll have my own family in the next few years, um, settle down in the next few years, but continue to be a good role model and to share my voice and to mentor more people. That's where I'm going, what I'm going for right now. Like I went from being a beauty queen to being a pageant coach. You know, I'm teaching oh. right now other, yes, um, for Miss Universe, I think I did El Salvador and uh, Miss Cambodia and a few other countries on their Q&A and their public speaking. And that's, that's just us. Well, yeah, if you need help. If you need help. How's my wave? Is it okay? This wave is good? <laughs> <laughs> I'll help you out, my man. Like, just let me know. But I'm, I, I'm just right now at the part where I want to establish myself as soon as I can, because I want to move forward and give to others. And I'm doing that giving part to others in in the best way that I can in my own resources right now. But yes, now more of finding out, centering myself, self-care, 
taking care of my body, taking care of my mental health, because I realized so many things during the pandemic and the lockdown. And in the next few years, hopefully implementing what I've learned and sharing it with other people. And it sounds like super beauty queen the way I'm saying it right now. Like, oh, yeah. please help other people. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's always been a passion. If you ask me what I wanted to be when I was younger, I don't think I would give you one straight answer. One year it'd be a doctor, the next year it'd be a lawyer, the next year it'd become part of the United Nations or whatever. But now when I look back, it's three things that I've always wanted, which is anything that would allow me to travel, you know, meet people, connections, all of these things. It's something that I value. Um, and second would be to earn money, of course, because there's no shame in wanting to be rich because it'll allow you to, to help other people and to, to secure yourself and your family. And third, I wanted something that would allow me to help other people. I don't think I can accept a job that doesn't allow me to pay it forward. Yes. Beautifully said. Yes. Yeah. Just like, just like a beauty queen. Perfectly said. Here's your crown. <laughs> <laughs> we award you your crown right now. Thank you. Thank you so much, Zahra. Like we we we're very, very blessed that A, we have this platform, but B, because we're able to bring people like you um, on board and, and be able to have, you know, a couple of minutes, hours to talk about what's important in life. And mm-hmm. we couldn't agree more with, you know, the self-care and self-love because during the pandemic that's that's what we realized, right? How important being able to put yourself um, first as well. Because if you don't take care of yourself, how are you going to be able to yeah. take care of others? Yes, you said it. Yes, queen. <laughs> wait, let me take let me take it for a while. Yes. I'll share. I'll share. I'll share. I'll share. I'll share. I actually <laughs> want to do. It's like passing it around. <laughs> like everyone's a queen. Before before we end the podcast, how? How can our listeners stalk you? If you can just plug all of your Instagram and social media handles for us, please. Yes, go ahead. Um, it is ZB Saldua. That's Z-B-S-A-L-D-U-A across all platforms. That's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and on YouTube as well. Um, not so much content on YouTube just yet, but definitely on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can also email me. That's ZBSaldua, Z-B-S-A-L-D-U-A at gmail.com. So you won't really forget it. It's just that thing all across. And uh, yeah, feel free to just message me, stalk me, follow me. Just, you know, bring love. Bring me. love with you. And, and, and she replies because we, we sent her an email. That's, that's how we slid into her emails and she replied to us. So if you guys have any questions for her, f- feel free to email her, um, message her on Instagram and follow her on YouTube as well for, for the followers that we have on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And is, is there anything else that you'd like our followers to know about you? Any message that you have before we close off the episode? Honestly, I just want everybody to really take this time to take care of themselves. And that includes educating themselves and finding their voice. You know, it is about finding out who you are and just coming out of this better. It is an opportunity. Like for me, I didn't, I I did not come out of my mom's vagina (laughs) confident. You know, like I did, I was not this person when I came into the world. I, I really learned and the way I learned was I forced myself, just like I forced myself to learn Filipino. It's the same thing with my career. I first I forced myself to explore 
different types of career before I landed on being a host and a public speaker and all of these things. I did not plan these. But in order for you to be who you are, then you have to push yourself to do other things and to explore and to be open to listening to other people and and learning from them. And I just want to say, uh, I want to turn my attention from me to you guys, because like I said, I really love the fact that you have this type of podcast where you're talking about halfies and it's not to boast about you know being a half a filipino or half other thing is is so great but really to share perspective on the world because we have unique experiences that can touch base on two different types of cultures and thinkings and nationalities and we can bring a little bit of wisdom and diplomacy from how we feel and how and what we've experienced and it's it has so much depth so i'm happy that there's a podcast like this because if there weren't i would be doing a podcast like this right now <laughs> please we do beat you to it though so. please do we we would be we would be listening to your podcast and i think you you'd be a, you'd be a perfect host yeah. i mean there, there's very very soon i will but it would be something completely uh well not completely different but like along the themes of what I'm saying, but I'm happy to have this type of podcast, happy that you will increase listeners, I hope. And, and I love the fact that you're also delving into difficult topics. And it's not just the, the shallow part of being a happy, but, you know, getting the deep side of all of these issues, whether it's sociological, political, and, um, and mental, you know, all of these things have, a really great way of telling a story and making a change and i'm very thankful to be a part of this podcast not just because you're there and you're hosts but I'm, I'm genuinely saying this so i'm promoting you guys and for all of the listeners out there please do share this uh this podcast because it's really great and i've heard a lot of their other content as well this is not going to be well this might be the best one episode i'm just saying mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, of course. <laughs> Here's the crown again. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. But they have a lot of great uh, episodes that I've listened to before I came on this, um, before I even agreed. You know, when you sent me an email, I had to check you guys out. Like, maybe these guys are sketchy. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Are they so, <laughs> Exactly. So it's it was really great to hear a lot of your content and I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much. Zahra. So Wanna close off the the episode sir Come yes sir. i don't mind so <laughs> thank you once again guys for listening to another episode of the half, half a nice day podcast and uh, please do follow zara and all her social media platforms thank you once again for being a part of this episode i hope we shed some light on what's currently going on in the world and we enlighten some people and if you do have any further questions you can always reach out to us or zara and if you guys have any other uh, podcast guests that you would like us to take on please let us know i know zahra has a couple of friends that she would also be able to recommend to us so please slide into our dms do you know erwin Husaf? <laughs> i have a contact who can talk to erwin <laughs> he's a big fan he's a big fan very big fan fanboying him yeah but so i'll i'll keep a separate contact with you later i'll t- <laughs> I'll chat with you later on that. But um, everyone listening, please do subscribe and like. And so, what else? Turn on the notification bell on our YouTube channel uh, so that you're notified whenever we drop a new episode. And you can always listen to us uh, if you always opt for the audio experience. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you consume your podcasts on. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Show some love. Spread this podcast. 
keep everyone educated and let them know what's going on in the world and on and on that note oh you want to do it azara we so we end uh, the podcast uh with a song with a little not a song but a little we just sing half a nice day so yeah. we go we go with like in our highest falsetto voice like half a nice day so you can <laughs> We'll we'll try it. So usually we say and on that note, have a nice day. Okay, so you can start it. So on that note, have a nice day. Very good. (laughs) We're a choir now. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We love you you guys. Like you as a friend. Bye. Bye guys. Okay.